Welcome to Superman and Lois, the New Adventures podcast. I'm Tom. And I'm Zach. We're here to talk all about the CW's upcoming TV series, Superman and Lois. And we have our first look at some trailer, kind of some footage, something like that. It is what the CW is calling the Family Crest season trailer. About 50 seconds of footage here. You've probably seen it, I'm assuming. What'd you think of it, Zach? I, I really liked it. I Right off the bat, I liked how stylized it was. Um, I think it's supposed to look like a comic book, um, obviously, but it it might look a little like low quality to some people, maybe. Um, and I can definitely see that. I think there are some some issues with it that makes it look less good than it could. But overall, I like the stylized choices that they made, especially it's him flying around, but it's obviously like supposed to look, it's not supposed to look realistic in any way. And I, I kind of liked that they did that for this first trailer because I'm guessing they don't have a lot of the uh, special effects done and they don't have a ton amount, like a huge amount of footage actually shot. So for what they've got, I, I thought this was a very good trailer. I've, yeah, I've had a lot of thoughts about this. I've settled on, I think it's really cool and I like it and I like the, I like the message. I like everything that's going for it. It's a weird, cool way to, show some stuff but obviously not really show anything or tell anything it's a cool thing i don't know that i would have released it as the first trailer but it is a creative way to to put something out there get something out there again they just started filming two and a half months ago now so like you said finished visual effects and all of that you can't show much Uh, i think i would have preferred more of a first a real you know more traditional trailer especially if you're calling it a trailer this is cooler as like an announcement which is what it officially basically is, you know, announcing this will probably play on the CW and be good for people as uh, some of the other shows come back this month to say, hey, there's a, another show coming and it will have Superman and Lois in it and you should watch it. I think it works in that way, just a very basic level. I think it would be cooler as like something to come out the week before the show when you don't want to show any new footage or tell any story mm-hmm. and just kind of get some buzz out there. But it's a cool thing. It's weird. I don't like I said. I don't know that it would be the first trailer I would have gone with, but I think it is pretty cool uh, for what it is. Obviously, there's a huge emphasis on family in this trailer and Superman's family. The if I do have a gripe about this, this show is Superman and Lois, and this is 100 like this is a Superman trailer. Uh, Lois is just something to be trapped in a crystal that Superman has to save in this trailer, and it's 50 seconds like they can't they obviously can't get to everything but like you said if this is the very first thing they're putting out i i wish they would have put a bigger emphasis on like the the role that lois is going to have as a equal partner with superman that's that's definitely a fair criticism and i was kind of assuming they might do one of these from superman's perspective and one from lois's perspective yeah. and maybe they maybe they still will um but it's obviously been a little while now and they haven't done that yet so maybe they still will but yeah, that's a very fair point. It is Superman and Lois, and it's just Superman. And so that's why I think this may not tell us a ton about the show, especially if you've been listening to podcasts and following, you know, big picture, kind of what the show is going to be about, family and all of that. But this is more for, you know, I, I see this playing well for people who are watching that woman or Black Lightning or something like that. People who are already watching the CW shows saying, hey, there's another superhero show coming. It's Superman. And it's going to be about family. I think that's who it plays best to. But yeah, it's definitely a fair fair criticism about Lois. And obviously I hope she has a bigger role in future promotions. Yeah. But like you, you mentioned there about the quality, it was the stylized. The first couple of times I watched it, it was weird because I watched it just on a computer screen, you know, full screen and 1080p and thought, 
I was kind of taken out because I couldn't tell if it was like compression or the stylized. The first, I still don't quite know. And watching this, it looks a little better on a phone. And yeah. that's a complaint, not just of the CW, but marketing in general, they like to, they've got to maximize for social media and I get that, but it would be nice if it looked good just on YouTube too. And I still, it looks kind of compressed and not clear. And that's definitely some of the stylized look that they're going for. Uh, but also I just, some of it, I'm like, is this just how it's supposed to look or is that just YouTube compression or what is that? Yeah. And that, like in that vein, I, when we first watched this, cause we, I mean, they made the announcement that it was coming out in an hour so we knew it was coming and i i tried to watch it almost as soon as it came out and i i don't know if, if you've ever uploaded a video to youtube like an hd <laughs> video you know that when you first upload it it's terrible quality because you have to wait for them to like uh make the the high quality resolution that comes later they have to convert it and so i i literally when i was watching this went and like down to the little settings thing and made sure that i was on hd because i thought it was on the the little like the low quality that comes when the first the video first comes out but that was that was not the case so that's probably not good if i went and did that when you're watching it like you said this is <laughs> it's not really designed for big screens um but overall the stylized effect still worked for me but yeah it's it's a little jarring in some places yeah but uh, of course marketing is not for us if you're podcasting yeah. about or listening to a podcast about superman lois we're going to check this out Anyway, this is for random people. Do you think this will play well for, you know, casual people? I, I think so. I it is super like visually interesting and I think in in fifty seconds it tells a pretty compelling story, especially if you are like someone who is inclined to like superhero shows to start with, like you said, the the viewers of Batwoman, people watching these other CW shows. I think this is something that would draw them in quite a bit and um has enough action and cool voiceover to to keep them interested in watching and maybe want to check out more. Yeah. And and I'm still waiting to see if I'm assuming, you know, in the next few weeks we'll get a new full trailer, which, which is more footage of the show and everything like that, that I would be more inclined to kind of share with people who are maybe more casual fans might be interested in watching the show, might not check out the trailer. I don't know that I would show this to someone who I think would be interested in the show, right? Like I showed the pictures of the, the suit, the, the poster with Clark and Lois. I showed some people that, I don't know that I'll be showing this to people, not because I think it's bad, but because I don't know if it's going to convince anyone. I'd rather show them a full trailer that I expect's coming later. Yeah, it would be hard, like especially if you haven't seen anything else at all and you watch this trailer. I think there might be some question of like, so what actually is this show about? Like other <laughs> than just being about Superman, I, it's it might be a little tricky with that. Yeah, there's so that, I think it's pretty clear rewatching that it is about family. It shows them together there and it shows the transition between that crisis footage of of Lois and Clark with baby John into seeing an, an older John. I think they do that real clearly, but I think I think their point was a Superman show is coming and it's going to be he's going to have a family. I think yeah. that was their plan for marketing, and I I think they did an okay job with that. A uh, couple of small catches and things that from it. I just watching it one of these last times when during the part where it says life changes us in the background, like. Obviously, there's tons of things going on at the screen at the same time, but in the background of that is like a close-up of eyes, and it's very obviously the Clark Kent glasses, but there are like age spots and really deep wrinkles, so it's an old person with Clark glasses on, so I don't know if there's going to be a storyline where he's aged up, something happens to him that ages him up, or if we'll see some flash-forwards or something strange going on or somebody else wearing the Clark glasses. I don't know, but that was just something I, I caught one of these times watching. I was checking this out and looking really closely, and they look not quite like clark's i can't quite yeah. tell maybe they are but it looks like i think that might be maybe misleading i didn't even notice this 
uh, until I saw your note on it. But it, that might be someone else. That might be yeah. Martha Kent or someone else. And it's intentionally trying to mislead us. But I guess that if I had to guess, I would say that's Martha. But the glasses, you know, it's it's the weird stylized way. And they've got snippets of footage here, but you can't quite tell what you're looking at. And we see them there and we see them together. And it looks like there's a farm in the background, a farmhouse and, and a barn there. Uh, and it, it ends up with the four of them together, which I thought looks like, I, I think they could kind of release that as a poster and it would look yeah. pretty cool. Uh, but just the way they were posed there, it was like it was for a poster. It is kind of cool. Just like the, the, I don't know if you call it symbolism, but whatever the, like seeing his, his heat vision and his stress, like breaking apart the crystal that is his family, but then him as Superman also tying it back together and bringing the family back together. It's nice to like, Obviously, you can't tell a huge story in 50 seconds, but it's nice to see that kind of rise and fall uh, play out in, in this trailer and seeing that at the very end, he brings the family back together. Well, first off, Red Heat Vision. Yeah. I'm <laughs> so excited to see. Uh, I don't know, you know, pre-crisis, he had the blue. I don't know why that that, maybe that creative choice was made, but since he has basically had Red vi- Heat Vision, it has been visualized red um, once it became Heat Vision instead of heat from his x-ray eyes if you want a deep cut comic (laughs) reference there but i'm really glad to see that and i think it looks cool um and what you're talking about there with the with it pulling apart as much as this trailer tries to show us nothing do you think they kind of just gave the season one arc away like (laughs) the family will get pulled apart in many different ways and they'll be stressed but they'll come together and be stronger because of it i mean you could maybe look at it as giving away (laughs) but or you could just look at it as like well obviously that's what's going to happen it's a family drama like yeah that, that literally is family drama but yeah, I, I, I think you can probably guess at the stress of being Superman is going to drive a wedge in the family, and then he's going to have to bring them back together. That's fair. I thought the suit in action looked pretty good. You know, there's yeah. a couple like the belt looked really high from the side, and there's some totally extreme nitpicks I can make. But I thought it looked good in, in action and seeing everything there. I don't know if this is if this is just tyler hecklin hanging out in front of a green screen and maybe it's stuff that will be used in the show or if it's just like test footage that they wanted to use here for in this cg way or what but um i thought everything superman in action looked cool yeah the suit looks cool the the cape obviously i think because of how stylized this is i think it's all cg i could be wrong it might be some of it just blowing in the wind but i think it's all cg in this trailer and i'm I'm interested to see it more in person him walking around running around i think usually what they've done in the past uh, is the cape is there when it's when he's standing and walking, but usually flying or anything they they CG it on or anything yeah. like that. I believe just so they can get it right with the wind and everything and make it look how they want it to look. Not have it fly around and cover his face. Yeah. Yes. Makes sense. Ideally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a it's a cool piece of footage. But um, hopefully, you know, I think we're all hoping to see more, even if they don't reveal a bunch more story or anything like that. But get a little bit more of a look. I think it gives us a nice look at the tone that they're going for and the general family drama stuff, like you said, Um, but it doesn't give us any actual looks at sets or locations or some of the supporting characters or anything like that, or even the main characters in a, in a really close up sense. Yeah. Like you said, if they, maybe they could at some point release a trailer like this from the point of view of Lois, that would be amazing. I'd love to to see that but if this is all we get for a while this is still this is still pretty cool this is a lot to to chew on and look at it watch again yeah well that's it for news now is i think the show's kind of on break for the holidays and we'll get back to filming soon and and hopefully have some more news leading up to the release of the show so we're going to continue our look back at 
the history of Superman on television with probably the most obscure Superman-related TV show. So after The Adventures of Superman ended in 1958, there was actually a 30-year break before Superman, or Clark Kent at least, was on TV again. And this was with Superboy, the TV series, probably the least well-known, like I said. I'm guessing most people listening, if, if you've either watched or heard of Lois and Clark in Smallville, probably have a vague idea of George Reeves, at least, uh, as Superman from the 50s. But this is not well-known. So Superboy ran four seasons from 1988 to 1992, was 100 episodes that it lasted. It was produced by Alexander and Ilya Salkind. The Salkinds are the people who had purchased the film rights to Superman in 1974. They went ahead, made three Superman movies with Christopher Reeve, made a Supergirl movie. There's kind of diminishing returns there at the box office, and as the quality of the films dropped. So they, the film rights were acquired by Canon Films, who made Superman 4 in 1987. But somehow the Salkinds retained the rights to Superman or Superboy on TV. I don't know why Superboy and Superman the rights are different. That's always kind of confused me because it is Clark Kent, not right. some of the newer Superboys that have popped up. So from, from the 40s till the 90s, if somebody said Superboy, they meant Clark Kent when he was younger. Before he was Superman, he was Superboy. Same basic costume, same everything, same powers, uh, just a little bit younger and usually set in Smallville. So that is what this is. It's a Superboy show. Um, and it was made for syndication. So it wasn't made for a network or anything like that. It was made directly for syndication. And the Salkinds did not have a lot of TV experience. So they came from making movies and into TV. So they didn't really know what they were doing at the start. <laughs> Uh, the series starts really rough, I would say, but it does get much better as it goes along. Season three and four are particularly strong. Uh, I enjoy them quite a bit more. And it was, like I said, it was not really well known because it did have more than five million viewers per episode in, in early season one around there. But it ended after season four. There was a chance of it continuing. They wanted to continue. But this was around the time WB was looking to make Lois and Clark, what would become Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. Also, the Salkinds reacquired the film rights and were looking to make a either continue Superboy, Superboy and make it into some TV movies or make Superman films with the Superboy from the show, have him become Superman, or Christopher Reeve, make a Superman 5. All of these things kind of were happening at once, but depending on who you want to listen to, they WB didn't have the rights to the show, but they could prevent shows from being made, basically, because DC Comics had to give script approval. approval. So mm -hmm. that's how the show kind of could be forced to not be made anymore depending on the history and this is a long history lesson that isn't really important um but that's kind of a really fascinating story and because of that this show has almost never been seen unless you were around watching it 1988 to 1992 knew about it and could find what station it was on and watched it because it didn't replay there was no there was no reruns of this until eventually it found its way onto dvd and recently onto streaming it was on dc universe and you can buy it now on Amazon Video, Google Play, iTunes, those kind of things. But it's really not a well-known series at all. Yeah, this is a really good illustration of just how insanely spoiled we are as people who like comic book media and particularly watching live action comic book media. Like, this is what you had back then. <laughs> there was, I mean, there were some other options, but like, if you were really into it, this is what you had to watch. And it was hard to watch if you, yeah, like you said, you had to make an effort to go find it. You weren't, you couldn't just turn on any channel and watch a superhero show no that's that's a really good point there was 
Superman in the 50s, Batman in the 60s, Wonder Woman in the 70s. Um, Marvel had some stuff here and there also, uh, but this was about it. Flash, John Wesley Ship came around in 1991, but there weren't a ton of options at the time. Yeah. So the first two seasons of the show were actually set at Schuster University, so it's super boy, but he's already in college. And the last two seasons were largely set at the Bureau for Extra Normal Matters. This is a show that went through a few different iterations, a few different resets between seasons. So Stacey Hyduke starred as Lana Lang for all four seasons, but John Newton was Clark Kent in season one. Seasons two through four were Gerard Christopher. Similar thing happened with Lex Luthor. Uh, Lex Luthor was replaced after season one. Although they gave an in-story reason for that. He had advanced surgery to <laughs> look like Sherman Howard. So we wanted to look at a f- couple different episodes just to get a taste for the show. Um, uh, look back on it. I- I've seen these before. And like I said, it is pretty rough at the start in season one. They're figuring things out. It does get much better as it goes along. Um, but first episode we looked at was season one, episode 10, Troubled Waters, which first aired in December 10th of 1988 what do you think of this one like you said this is this is fairly rough um the it's a pretty straightforward story it's not hard to follow but it's just there's a lot crammed into a pretty short episode to the to the detriment i think of the episode where it's kind of hard to follow what's going on and you never really are invested in the stakes because it's just flying by so fast and speaking of flying, the, the special effects are not the best um, in this. I, I think I said after I watched this that the, the special effects in the 1950s TV show were as good, if not better, than what we got, especially in this this first episode. All that being said, it's it's pretty cool like to see the absolutely classic, iconic Kent family on Smallville, like on their farm and everything, and doing farm things. That's just always cool to see, especially in live action. So... I definitely have a soft spot for this, but I would not recommend this to someone who is just a casual fan. I think you have to be pretty hardcore to to want to subject yourself to this. Oh, come on. It's a little <laughs> rough. Uh, but yeah, I, I understand what you're saying there. And it's it's cool. We picked this one because it is Clark. You know, he's in college in Florida at Schuster University, but he's this is one where he has to go back mm-hmm. to Smallville to help out with a problem. And it's kind of similar to what... Uh, the Superman and Lois team was talking about at Fandom in terms of going back and dealing with a big, big company trying to come in and, and take over the farms or, or dealing with that in a small town and, and keeping everything together there. And so it was an interesting story to to deal with that. We don't get much Lana. She's just there at the beginning of the end. There's this random Ellen friend of of Clark's <laughs> who is... Apparently they went to high school together, but she's a she's a banker now after, during her freshman year of college and also kisses Clark sometimes, but they're just friends. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that was all about. Uh, that's part of the episodic nature of TV at the time where they just throw in some, some very important characters who were never to be seen of again. Yeah, that's that's part of the thing I was talking about of just flying through plot points so fast that you have no idea what's going on. But also, because we watched this one, we watched episode 10 without watching episodes one through nine. So that relationship is probably really well established and has a lot of uh, impact when you see them smooching and then not being together. I don't know. Um, yeah. But having, the, having seen the episodes before that, uh, no. Okay. No, that's not the case. <laughs> there are some things in the show that carry forward, especially when it, they start using super villains and that kind of thing. Some storylines will go together, but there's also some random episodes where 
Wanda will kiss Superboy and then it's never touched down again yeah. or anything like that for a while. Part of that's just the way TV was at the time. Part of it's because it was made for syndication. So you got to assume people haven't necessarily seen every episode in order. It is cool seeing Clark um, having to hide his abilities and identity. I'm, I'm always a sucker for those kinds of storylines. And he has to do that quite a bit in this episode where he is he's he has to let the goons of this this business developer is like trying to buy up all the land because there's a, a river underwater and so but he's a really he's like comically bad he's the worst of the worst um and he has these goons running around and clark basically has to let himself get beat up by them just to hide who he is and what he can do and i i don't like seeing clark getting beat up but it's nice like having that tension i like having the tension of him having to hide his his identity his true identity and his abilities and being humble about it yeah, absolutely there. I agree with you there. And it's always cool to see him fly back and visit the Kents. Uh, that's something I really liked about they did in this show and really a lot in Lois and Clark, having him go back and have someone he can talk to because in college and everything, he doesn't have anyone to share his secret with. So that's cool to see him kind of bounce things off of them and, and get to talk with them. This is also a really heavy like Pa Kent episode and he has a lot to do and he is also a really good role model like he is the he's kind of the heart of this community that's standing up to this big corporation coming in trying to buy up all the land and he's the one doing the investigation and he's the one that they're going after because they see him as a big threat so it's cool to see Pa Kent um, being a hero and as much as a human can be which is a lot and then like seeing those influences on Clark so uh, I, I thought that was a nice thing to see as much as us paltry humans can do exactly. good right yeah <laughs> um yeah uh, the kents on this are very good and i like them we don't see them a ton but we get to see them check in pretty regularly and i, I like them like you said yep. so yeah like you said that that first episode has a different actor for clark for superboy um and was a little rougher than the the seasons after that any thoughts on john newton in the role uh, he really wasn't bad i i, I thought he did a, a pretty pretty good job it's more like the the actual um structure and mechanics of the show and special effects and stuff acting wise i didn't i didn't think anybody stood out as terrible yeah it's just rougher from a production standpoint like you said like there's a couple shots a couple scenes where it's like well that's that's almost like a a test scene there you didn't have it yeah you could have ran that by a couple times but like i said they were figuring out how to make tv at the time and they made 13 episodes hoping to be able to sell them and everything so it's amazing that it gets as good as it does in the future. And it's yeah. a 22, 22 minute episode. You've only got so much you can, can get in. Yeah. It, it like, it reminds me like this could have been an episode for small, actually, is there an episode like this? I'm, I don't know. I think Lex tries to buy up land at some point, but it's not quite like this. There's yeah, there's a lot. There's certainly a lot of <laughs> elements that would get carried forward or have been used in other Superman stuff, you know? farmers being at risk at risk of losing it to the bankers and and all of that um is definitely something we've seen before yeah but all that to say this is this could be like a smallville episode but like smallville had 44 minutes so it had twice the amount of time to hit these story beats and like actually give them the the due time that they need but yeah that's about all i have <laughs> to say about this episode I don't, if you want to move on to season yes. three so we we also watched episodes one and two of season three the bride of bizarro part one and two uh but those first aired october 6th and 13th 1990 uh, like we said this season three has a different actor uh, it's got gerard christopher as clark kent uh superboy 
and it's the production values are a little better and i think the storytelling is a little better i i enjoyed watching this uh a lot more than the episode from season one i don't know about you yeah i agree i think season three is probably the strongest and they do a lot of good uh, it's, it's a long way especially i noticed this time going right from episode 10 of season one to the first two in season three i noticed how big of a jump it was whereas it's more subtle if you watch the show and i think if you're someone who wants to check this out but aren't sure of it maybe start with season three this is a good yeah. way to start because it's basically a soft reset for the show and you can try it out and um then go back and watch the first two if you like them but the show as it goes on you know they delve a little bit more into comic book characters they have a really good metallo mixie pitlick um some other characters whatever ones they have right to rights to at the time they've got an interesting lex luther who is yeah um more of a pre-crisis mad scientist type who is i always kind of think he's like 75 percent gene hackman lex luther 25 percent mm-hmm. jack nicholson's joker yep. mixed in there um and they have a really good bizarro which we'll get into but the show gets more comic booky and that includes bringing in some comic book writers they had mike carlin and andrew helfer longtime comic book names mike carlin was the editor of the superman books in the late 80s and into the 90s with the death of superman and everything so a big name in superman yeah and it's you can see that they brought in some comic book writers i think at least uh, just in the storytelling in these first two episodes but um yeah going back to what you said about this being a soft reboot and you could almost even start here this it has him even like getting a new job he's not in college anymore he's trying to get a job at the bureau of extra normal matters which is basically deo i think they just maybe they weren't allowed to use the name or they just wanted to change it a little bit i don't think the um, deo existed at the time oh yeah you might be right um yeah like like you said and this gave him more of a they had more sci-fi more fantasy type villains that came in with this bureau there i've heard it called like everybody calls it x-files before the x-files the way they had cases and everything i don't know if that's mm-hmm. true i've never seen x-files uh but it, it definitely got more sci-fi yeah but yeah obviously bride of bizarro this this episode features bizarro heavily that's the the whole storyline um basically the gist of it is bizarro shows up like he he got created with the duplicating ray that lex has and that that had been introduced in season two Mm -hmm. with a two-part bizarro episode but he he just randomly shows up basically but he he wants love he wants (laughs) someone he doesn't want to be lonely anymore so lex is basically trying to con him into killing superboy so that he will provide a bride for him someone to love and he does all these kinds of weird things and yeah lex i when i was trying to think of how to describe him he's basically like a batman villain and i I don't mean that like in a bad way but he's like an old school batman joker almost he is much goofier much zanier a little more bumbling than kind of like modern day lex who is a criminal mastermind uh who is very well spoken and has everything figured out to a t but it kind of works i i kind of like the the zaniness of it it he is definitely i think the standout actor on this show um on these couple episodes that we watched yeah and like i said it is this show came out after christ on infinite when lex had been reinvented as more of a businessman and everything like that but this doesn't this doesn't have that at all uh Mm -hmm. and so he is a little he is the mad scientist type and and everything like that and he's got his own miss tessmacher there basically um and some things like that but sherman howard yeah he's he's fun when he pops up and you get to he gets to play lex a few different ways um depending on the type of stories but he is very entertaining if nothing else in the show and um a pretty good lex for for what they were going for 
uh, Lana features kind of heavily in this as well. She ends up being the one that Lex duplicates because he figures out he needs to duplicate someone who loves Superboy so that the Bizarro copy will love Bizarro. Um, she doesn't have, I mean, I guess she doesn't really do a lot in this other than she's just there. I wish I would have seen her done that more, but she's, she's obviously like the lowest lane fill in for this TV show. I don't know if you, if I'm forgetting anything or missing anything, but it didn't really seem like she had a whole lot to do. Yeah. This one, she doesn't get a ton in the episodes we watch. She does have some really good stories and I really like Stacey Hyduk as Lana Lang. Yeah. Here, she is kind of the, you know, a lot of times she does get just the, the damsel in distress type role. And sometimes she is a lot of times written like a Lois, which I have, I have a complaint about this show. It's that it is similar to the Supergirl TV show. It is, well, I have more than one complaint, but similar to the Supergirl TV show, it is basically trying to be as close to a Superman show as it can be with the characters they have and the rights they have especially when you're talking season three and season four when Gerard mm-hmm. Christopher comes in, he's 30. And so the only thing that makes him Superboy instead of Superman is he's a little bit shorter Yeah. than uh, he's the actor is 30, not the the character. The only thing that makes him not Superman is he's a little bit shorter, I guess, than a typical Superman. Um, but this show, especially in three season three and season four, they get out of the college. They're at the Bureau, which is kind of the Daily Planet. Clark yeah. and Lois are basically young reporters at the Daily Planet writing reports on weird activities instead of stories you know they've even got dennis jackson who's kind of a perry white type there and i like jackson and and matt ritter and stuff but it is really trying to be as much as a superman show as they can with the characters they have access to yeah even like small things like it looks like the daily planet when you walk in Mm -hmm. it's just a bunch of reporter desks it doesn't look like if you're picturing some sort of agency where people are investigating things it doesn't really look like that i don't know but yeah it's like you said it does kind of suffer from that of trying to be as much as superman as possible and just changing some of the names what did you think of bizarro i was really impressed with his makeup um i'm guessing if we ever got a 4k scan of this and you could look at it close up (laughs) it might not look as good but it sure does look good in the original broadcast uh quality and i i love the the polygon like the hard lines of his Mm. his face it looks really cool and uh, especially all the different bizarro things that they did the the homing pigeons uh the couple different bizarro brides that they tried um i was i was quite impressed yeah i i really like the bizarro in here and the characterization as well where he's not a villain he is yeah. an antagonist he is a mentally and emotionally underdeveloped imperfect duplicate of superboy that's kind of how he is he's not a he's not a bad guy he doesn't mean malice but that will come into conflict sometimes uh I thought it was really cool at the end when Bizarro and Superboy were back to back and it looked like they were going to have to fight a bunch of Bizarro Lexes, but then the Lexes blew up, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but this, you know, this show on the whole for many production flaws and how it's kind of been forgotten, I will, you know, I have a soft spot for it for the, it's always got its heart in the right place and does a lot mm-hmm. of cool things and they do try to do a lot of cool things. You know, this is the first live action DC multiverse, I think, where they have a lot of, they have Superboy visiting different Earths. Um, they do a lot of stuff like that and a lot of cool Superboy stuff. I think it's worth watching as almost like a, imagine what a weekly adventure low budget of the Christopher Reeve Superman series would be like. Yeah. If you watch that, something like that is, is kind of how it can be done. Yeah. Like you said, this, this definitely features, it's not just, they could have very easily just made a show where it's Superman strong. He beat up, he make people hurt show, but they, they do definitely have the personality traits of superman and what makes superman such an interesting character like in this episode 
Bizarro is not affected by Kryptonite, obviously, and so Superboy is, and he doesn't really, he does not have the upper hand. He can't just fight his way out of it. He has to use reasoning and uh, intellect and compassion to convince Bizarro to do the right thing. And it's cool to see Superman or Superboy. I keep calling him Superman because he's basically Superman, but to see Superboy in that situation and to to have to use, you know, kind of the lessons he learned from Mon Pa Kent growing up and uh, the humanity that he has to reach out to other people. Yeah. And that's what, you know, makes it worth watching. I know some people watching modern shows might have struggle with the effects or the some of the dated stuff that they, they couldn't really help at the time. But I think it's really worth checking out some episodes. And, and there's cool moments throughout, such as Superboy being trapped on top of a building with Kryptonite and then him crawling and dropping himself off the building yeah. regaining his powers just before he splatters uh is really cool like moments like that are really cool to see yeah well i think that is about it for the superboy tv series next time we will be moving on to lois and clark the new adventures of superman i think we will be reviewing season one episode eight the green green glow of home where clark and lois visit smallville mm-hmm and season two, episode 18, Tempest Fugitive, a fun time travel romp. Um, but that's it for now. And we'll be back, of course, talking about any news that drops for Superman Lois as we get closer to the show. 